Okay, hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Better. It's been uh, a week or two since we've been in here. I am Dr. John Duffy and with me is the beautiful, awesome Julie Duffy. Uh, we are in the newsroom of Better uh, covering <laughs> breaking, breaking news. news. Yeah. It is um, the first day of what I suspect will be many days of the Operation Varsity Blues. I've been in sessions all day, so Julie, can you give us a little recap on this massive, massive story? Yes, yes, yes. So the first thing I saw was um, it, something that popped up that Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin, um, beloved actresses, were, are among dozens charged in alleged college cheating scam. And this is about their children, getting their yes. children admission into elite schools, yeah? Yeah, and at first, yeah, I, I don't know why. At first I thought it, I don't know, it was a joke or something. Um, and then I watched a press conference with um, the Boston U.S. attorney, uh, and I realized it was super serious. So I think 50 people were indicted, parents, some coaches, some D1 coaches. Some admissions advisors Yeah, some schools. admissions advisors. Um, a dude named William Singer, who um, a college admissions advisor, air quotes. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a um, th this is an independent uh, I, um, group that these college admissions advisors. These there there is no license that they have to carry other than a business license, and um, and it, it is a it casts a very wide net on in terms of what purpose these guys serve. His net included um, two different categories. One was basically fixing test scores, um, which included having people take the test for their kids, um, having answers corrected after the the kid actually took the test. So these are specifically the ACT and the yeah. SAT, the college admissions yeah, so, tests. Right, college admissions exams. Um, and um, uh, bribing coaches. So um, one way to get into selective schools is if, if you're a piece of the puzzle, if you are an athlete, if you are a musician, if you, you know, they need you in their, you know, in their puzzle. Um, and because they need because they need a quarterback, they yeah. need a linebacker, they need somebody who is a forward on the basketball team. They need a cello player. They need you know. So they need all those players, all those pieces. So if you have that piece in your repertoire, that's a great thing for you. Right. So and elite schools tend not to be fifty thousand dollar albatrosses like your Florida states or your Ohio states. These tend to be smaller schools where. You're not going to have five or six people who are cello players, right? Yes. So actually, you're probably going to have a shitload of cello players. You're not going to have five <laughs> or six people who are linebackers, right? Let's go with that. But uh, so he helped people create um, fake athletic credentials uh, to. So he bribed coaches to mm -hmm. um, take kids with fake athletic credentials, um, or definitely inflated, but a lot of times absolutely fake, like helped him take fake pictures of them playing the sport, um, took stock photos, photoshopped their faces. If I, if I understand it right, one of these two women, Lori Laughlin or Felicity Huffman, their daughters. So Lori Laughlin tried to get her daughters, or I think did get her daughters into USC, paid $500,000 as members of the crew team. 
Um, they had never rode crew, by the way, from right. what I understand, right? And Felicity Huffman paid $15,000 for, and they have a recording of her, a phone call recorded of her um, arranging to have someone else take the test for her daughter, I believe. Um, and it was interesting to hear some of the first reports, um, and it's kind of, I find it gut-wrenching in a way. Um, you know, someone was saying that these are not, you know, like practice criminals. Like, these are parents who are trying to do something for their kid. I mean, it's super messed up, and this is, I think, though, this is a cartoon that shows us all a little bit of what we all are capable of, <laughs> um, given this environment of pressure that we have. But, um, you know, these are not practice criminals, and they they just laid it all out, and it's all recorded. And um, it's a pretty ironclad, these are pretty ironclad cases, and they were very meticulous about it, and it's kind of brutal. And, and there's a distinction, ju just to be clear, between um, I'm donating a wing um, to Northwestern University at the, at the physics department, and I'm donating, you know, $2.5 million dollars. Um, your kid's more than likely to get in, um, but that doesn't real, really feel like a pay-for-play thing. This is underhanded. It's covert. It's fraud. It's fraud. And, and the other kickeroo is that William Singer set up a fake charity, and that's, so these people looked like they were giving money to charity, um, and they, he also advised them that they could write it off. So the IRS is involved, and so think about, so, you know, wanting your kid to have the best life, the best chance, the best educational opportunity just went way off the rails. So we want to talk about how unremarkable this might be. Correct, right? correct. If you guys remember about six weeks ago, there was a story uh, about a, a few MAGA kids from a Catholic school in Kentucky, and there was a Native American man who approached them, Vietnam vet, and people thought they knew what that story was going to be right away, and then you see a different angle a few hours later, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, maybe that story means something else. And then you see some other guys who are also involved, and you think, oh, I think I know what this is about. And over the course of a couple of weeks, I think people decided, eh, we really don't know what this is about. This story, I can tell you what this story oh, is yeah. about. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, most news stories, I'm very cautious, and I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll see where this goes. This, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now where this is going to go. Okay. So the salacious part is what you're reading right now. Yes, some famous actresses and their famous husbands, some of whom I adore, by the way. I love yes. William H. Macy, and I love Felicity Huffman, and I don't know, Lori Laughlin was on Full House, right? Yeah. By the way, Stamos is older than me. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> let's just make a couple of things clear before we get deep into this. Um, but here's where this is going to go. Um, the schools that are implicated are your Yales and your Stanfords and your USC's right now. Um, so these are high-ranking schools. And the college admissions advisor who is involved right now is one dude named William Singer. This is a tiny, tiny introductory piece 
of what is going to turn out to be a massive scandal involving most every elite university you've ever heard of, in, period. And um, I, it's not just going to be famous people. Anybody who has a quarter million dollars to contribute or to pay to an admissions advisor um, is going to find some backhanded way to get their kid into a program that I'm going to argue before we are done here, that kid probably doesn't belong in or will be happy in in the first place. Amen. So there's a couple things that I have seen over the course of my career. I have had parents report to me that even in their legacy schools, schools that they attended that, that were fairly high profile, I have had parents report to me that they would sit down with somebody from the alumni board and they would be told, well, it looks really good for Annie. Of course, another six figures would be probably a sure thing for her. You know, a little donation. You know, we could probably name a bench after you guys. Yeah, I've heard and that I'm not kidding. a million times. Yeah. Um, so there's that at play. Even though that is typically, and you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's super obvious what's going down. And it's... Um, that's also not very fair, but he made the distinction to say, you know, that's one thing. That's not what we're talking about here. Like this is fraud. Well, this is fraud because we are, we're, we're making up the resume of the, the kid yeah, getting yeah. in, right? We're, yeah. we're, we're loading up the resume. So Literally. it looks like the kid is somebody other than he or she is. So let's talk for a second about how that bears out. Um, years ago, uh, I worked with a young man. Perfectly bright guy. Um, got into uh, the University of Illinois here, which is a very good school. He would have thrived there. Uh, his father is the president and CEO of an organization that if I were willing to say the name of, you would all say, oh, I know that. I have one of those in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, Go on. And so... Dad, so th and this happens, by the way, a lot. Dad is following what a lot of his compadres have done in the past. He offers to sit on the board of the prominent university that he attended. You know, I will sit on both the undergraduate and graduate board. Um, however, you know, Johnny would make a very good freshman here. Yeah. Um, Johnny, with his 2.7 GPA at your school that requires a 3.8 and his uh, 24 ACT at your school that requires a 31. And so Johnny gets in. Yeehaw, Johnny gets his acceptance letter. And um, so I meet Johnny year four. Oh. Um, yeah, I didn't meet Johnny oh, until year know. four. Oh, I didn't know that. And, um, and Johnny now is, um, he's basically... Uh, and I'm not kidding you, effectively a junkie. He's doing Adderall every day. He has failed many, many classes, and his dad has gone to bat for him with the board to make sure he stays in because we want to make sure he gets the um, he gets that diploma from this elite university, right? So at the end of year seven, Johnny gets his diploma. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, everyone, listen to how crazy this is. So this, this kid, so this kid wishes he had just gone to the University of Illinois. He would have had fun. His parents wouldn't have been mad at him. Uh, he wouldn't have felt guilty that his dad had to sit in board meetings in order to do this. 
Um, and his dad spent a, t- a fortune, you know, uh, in different ways on the university and, you know, on football tickets for a whole bunch of people and all this other stuff. It got insane. And I wish I could tell you this is the only case I can think of like that. But um, as I'm talking, I'm thinking of an Ivy League case like that at a school not yet named in this whole Operation Varsity Blues thing, but, um, but belongs in there. So um, for those of you who feel compelled to press to get your kid into the greatest university in the land, thinking that somehow you are opening a door for him or her. There are a couple of messages you're giving her and him. One is, um, well, I'm going to do this for you. You're not good enough. And whatever you've achieved isn't good enough. And you're going to spend the next several years of your life feeling not good enough because you're going to be, you're going to be in people with people whose wheelhouse is getting good grades. This is their thing. Yeah. So you're pressing your kid into a situation they don't belong in. Admission standards exist for a reason. There are certain there's a goodness of fit standard that you are ignoring entirely because you're under this impression, right, that this is going to be better for your kid somehow. Let's let's be honest. I, I'm going to take that back a little bit. You believe you're buying a better life for your child. Trust me. Anybody who's considering anything like this, even if if you get away with it and you're not part of our Operation Varsity Blues, you are not buying a better life. You are buying four to seven to eight to ten years of stress for your child. Your child may never get that degree. Um, Your child's self-esteem may plummet. Your child may very well, I bank on it, smoke a bunch of weed, drink a lot. Not not because they're partiers, but because they're coping with a situation that is untenable and is not a match for them. So and this happens all the time. I can see how parents can get caught up in it. I My heart almost breaks for like everyone involved, even though it seems so egregious. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, later in the day, video popped up of... Um, Lori Laughlin's daughter. So she made a YouTube video. I think it's from August. So I, apparently she got into USC. Um, and Olivia Jade is her name. And it's just, she's adorable. And she's making this video and she's saying that, you know, I'm going to really try to balance it all. And I'm going to talk to my professors. Uh, but, but I do want to experience um, game days and partying. And I don't really care about school. So how screwed is she? Like, you know, she's a kid. Yeah, she's 18 and years old. Probably, I don't know right? if she knew about it. They said that specifically some parents expressed they didn't want their kids to know. They have, unfortunately, you know, evidence, recordings of some kids participating in the process. I still feel like they're innocent in a way. But think about the kid who just found out they their test scores were adjusted. They didn't. You know, they didn't actually get into the school they thought they did. And right. this is this is gonna this is just they're just getting warmed up. So the fallout from this Oh, there's gonna be is, there there are going to be thousands of families implicated in this. Yeah. Thousands. And um and 
And the fallout of this is, is massive. First of all, in the mental health industry, the fallout's massive because I've, t- I've talked on this podcast many times about how, you know, a big part of my practice are freshmen in college who weren't able to regulate. These are going to be those kids, man. You know, and these are those kids. Not always. And the ones I've dealt with, I, I'm not going to say are, but plenty will be because they're not going to be able to manage. Um, I worked with one guy whose parents finagled his way into a decent university. He was a D student in high school. Um, a gap year would have suited him. And in fact, he asked for that, but his parents wanted him to go to college. So he went to college and he found this guy who was an ex-professor. Here comes your next scandal. So, so Operation Varsity Blues, yeah. if you're looking for the next thing to look for, <laughs> dig this. So he was able to find an ex-professor who was in the college town who took all of his classes for him. And then he would travel around, hang out, smoke weed, and he got straight A's because an ex-professor took his classes and took a bunch of other people's too and made something like three grand a class. Mm, I mean, so I and was... Think about how good that kid must feel about his diploma. He didn't earn a credit. No, right. And he has no, a degree. I mean... What a, what a marketplace. I wondered if this dude who just, you know, who, who I keep forgetting his name. Singer. Singer. I wonder if he started out legit, you know, like as an advisor, as a consultant, and everything just went haywire. Because there's such, des- there's so much money, and there's such desperation. Well, it makes you question what the point is of hiring a college admissions advisor. So there's a good reason and there's a not-so-good reason. And this guy probably got caught up somewhere along the way in his career in a not-so-good reason, right? The not-so-good reason is um, my, get my kid into either the REACH school or the impossible school. Find the way. And the only way was probably like, well, I can't create a 33 on the ACT out of a 19. So I'm going to have to falsify that. I'm going to have to have somebody go in and take that test. And then my reputation skyrockets because I'm getting kids into, you know, Yale who have no right to get into Yale. I'm going to find a back door through the athletic department to get a kid into USC um, who can't get in there on merit, right? Um, So this guy becomes kind of a rock star who can do the unthinkable gains a reputation for himself, starts to believe his own, you know, his, his own myth right. about how uh, yeah. good he is at this. Um, and you just want to keep doing it. And you might even think like, hey, it's just kids going to college. What's the big deal? You know what I mean? Like, it's how, how big a problem is it? The, the problem is, um, first of all, the kids who deserve to go to those schools, who have earned the right, don't get into those schools. It's also a mismatch for the kid. It's it's a oh my gosh. It's a, such a it's it's such a ripoff for everybody for the kids who who are bought in. Like here, so you're talking about Lori Laughlin's kid who now is on camera, you know, right? She's screwed. I mean, she, she's a punchline yeah. now from today until forever. But there are plenty of kids who are in schools right now 
that they don't belong in, not because they're stupid, not, but, but just because they're not academically inclined in that way right. or their strengths lie elsewhere. Typically, in a REACH situation, you're, a kid is probably going from being at the top of the heap and feeling um, competent and to being at the bottom. And that's not a, an environment where you thrive. So yeah, our point read, today- Read Malcolm Gladwell and you will find an article that suggests just that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you, 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 what we want to talk about, you know, more about is how not that um, surprising this is at all. Right. It's, right. it's really salacious. Um, and uh, I think these initial people are probably going to pay a huge price. I remember how silly I thought, you know, paying for an ACT tutor was. But, you know, I thought, well, we can afford it. We're going to do that. We're going to, that's how you play the game. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, you recognized, and that's, you know, fair, quote, <laughs> air quotes again, but not everybody has the money to pay a tutor to teach you how to take the test. And the fact that you can take the test over and over and over again, and the fact that some schools super score, it's like, what really then is the, what is the point of the test? What is it really measuring? You know, it's, it's, it's all very bastardized. And, and I, but I remember thinking how crazy that was. It was you know? crazy. I, I, I remember talking about a year ago to George and a couple of his buddies um, about the ACT and how absurd it was because they were well aware that being white kids from the suburbs here in Chicago, that they could take this thing and perfect this thing. They could, they could get, you know, they could start at a 22 or 23. They knew they could hone their way up to a 31 um, because you got time, you got energy, and there's tricks to taking the test. Right. Um, you know, literally George told me like at, during, I think it was George. Yeah. During one of their sessions, his ACT tutor said, so this is the math part. You're always going to see, uh, this word problem. It's going to have different numbers in it, but you're always going to see this word problem. So he shows them this paragraph, right? And he says, what you're normally going to do is read through the paragraph and try to do the problem. And then he circles this number right in the middle and he says, that's always going to be the answer. Don't bother reading it. Seriously? Yeah. So there's that. that's how clean the cheats are. But that's for a white kid in the suburbs. So let's look at, let's look at an underprivileged guy in the city who has the opportunity to take the test one time when his school allows it, does not, cannot afford a tutor, um, has not had the academic privilege up to junior year in high school that our kids have, um, he, he's stuck with the 22 or 23, yeah. right? That's the best he's going to do. He's, he doesn't get to hone and learn all these dumb cheats in order to beat the test. Yeah. Right? So it's not an even, play, even playing field to begin with. When now you bring money and a flat-out actual cheating into it, well, there is no playing field. You know what I mean? These guys aren't, these guys aren't on the field at all. There's no opportunity for a lot of kids. Yeah, so it, it's like this, like it's, you know, how we, the, the overinflated importance of selective schools. Um, there's so many schools that would be, 
fantastic fit for kids, a great education, a great life experience. And, you know, everyone's just gunning for the same ones. Um, and they're willing to literally sell their soul. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think if we listen to kids more, um, we're hearing a different story. So um, I've had, th- this is spring break season-ish, so I've had a couple of sessions in the last couple of days with college students, freshmen, um, talking about their college experience. And some are saying, like, you know, um, geez, I, I didn't go to the highest-ranked school I got into. I went to the school that, you know, I really liked walking on the campus, and I liked the kids there. So there was a girl in my office yesterday kind of describing that, and if you're listening, I apologize if I'm, over, if I'm saying too much about you. Uh, in any event, um, but she's thriving there. Yeah. She's in a sorority she really likes. She's got friends she really likes. She has a 3.9 GPA that's disappointing to her. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so things are working really, really well. Um, she did. She took the ACT twice. She went with her higher score, which was one point lower, than, one point higher than her other score, and she's perfectly happy. Now, if if her parents had hired William Singer to get her into Dartmouth, she'd be miserable yeah. right now, you know. Um, and maybe if her parents didn't make her aware that this was happening, she'd be truly miserable because she'd wonder like, why am I so? Why am I the dumbest kid here? Right. When in fact it's like, no, this is just a bad match for you. Yeah. You know, like you're you're the right fit for another place. So what we're taking out of this is, you know, the reason you hire a college admissions advisor, if you're gonna do that at all, and you know, honestly, you probably don't have to do that. But if you're going to do that, what you're looking for isn't like give me the very best school based on what Forbes says are the best schools that my kid can get into. That, that is um, something we are telling ourselves that, that there's something like kind of grotesquely capitalistic and narrow-minded about that, um, this narrow definition of success yeah. that you and I always talk about, right? There's only one path, and it's the very best thing. Forgetting that the best thing for our kid is I'm happy here. I fit here. The major I want is here. You know, I like the people here. There's a whole bunch of factors that give you reasons for hiring a college admissions advisor, right? Goodness of fit. Yeah. Goodness of fit. I mean, right. There's, it's overwhelming. There's so many choices. Like, how, how can I find the best fit? Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's a wake-up call. So one thing I want to say is systems exist for a reason. If you find yourself cheating the system and thinking, I'm gaining something by cheating the system, by buying my way through the system, by cutting corners or going around, you're probably not gaining anything. You're probably losing a lot, right? right? You're losing your integrity to begin with, right? Because you're you're not acting with integrity. Um, If it involves your child, you're losing something that you can't even measure from where you sit. So I can imagine that any parent who is going to be implicated in this thing, who has done anything that we're talking about here today, starts with the very best of intentions the for very your best. Kids. So let's start recognizing that, right? Obviously, you know, if you're fighting for your kid to get into Yale, 
you really believe that's going to net the best result for your child. Yeah. So hear me out and hear Julie out. Been working with kids for a very, very, very long time. That, though, it, though I know in your heart that means a lot, that is a misguided effort. Save yourself the trouble. Find the right fit. Watch your kids' eyes light up when they walk onto a campus. Pay attention to Naviance, which is a very simple guide. It's a website that matches up your kid and other people who went to her high school uh, relative to test scores and GPAs at a given school. So if you want to see, does my kid belong at Arizona State or or Harvard, you can look at those two schools and you can see whether your kid is a good match there, whether it's worth looking at. It'll give you a really good, easy beginning guide instead of going to a college admissions counselor who tells you, hey, listen, I think I can get your kid into Harvard if you can prove she can row a boat. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, if yeah. it sounds too good to be true, probably is. Yeah. So um, that, uh, I suspect, is our first take on Operation Varsity Blues here on Better. What do you think? Yeah, and just um, it's going to be super sensationalized at first, but, you know, I think the key is how did we get here and what does this show us, you know, that any of us are capable of, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean— what's the, What do we learn from this? What's the takeaway, right? I mean, there, because we this is something we can learn from. This is something we all feel because most of us are parents— and we all want the very best for our kids. I guarantee you, if we could have Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman in the room and ask them, you know, what were you thinking? What they were thinking was, we wanted the best for our kids. I want my, yeah, I wanted my girls to be happy. Yeah. I, and I thought my... they'd be happy at USC. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, um, so think it through. And if you're cheating the system, then you're not winning. You're doing it wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? Systems exist for a reason. They typically work for a reason. Uh, this is better. I am thrilled to be back in the studio with you, Julie Duffy. Yep. I love you. Love you, honey. And um, we will talk to you guys next time. Don't cheat the system. Go with it. <laughs> Go with it. There's better answers. There's a better story out there. Run with it. Talk to you next time. Bye.